It's everything Queensland footy. Good bold football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. Oh, I just missed the original version. Sorry, I haven't, I haven't got it here on my keyboard. Jack Fulham, Nick Davis here for another week of Northern Exposure. Jack, three... We're back. We're back. Three rounds of the home and away season to go. And, you know, unfortunately, it was kind of like one of those moments where, you know, you, you've you got a patient and they, they come back to life and then they're, they're gone again. And that's the Gold Coast Suns. They're done. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll probably turn our attention... We weren't I, mean enough to them last no, week. No, you're right. We, and ga- that's, we, that's, we, ga- we gave them a break. That's what happens. No. So, in fact, and now we'll keep being mean to them mm. because we can't really focus on them for the last three rounds. Now we've got to turn our attention to the Brisbane Lions. There's one bit of Suns business that I do, mm. I do want to get through. It's that talks with Damien Hardwick seem to have mm. progressed and we appear to be mm. getting closer... One name that's been touted alongside Hardwick that he would possibly want to work with is Danny Daly from the Brisbane Lions. The Brisbane Lions footy manager. Yeah, a very good operator, but uh, he has history with Hardwick from the old Hawthorne days. And uh, was an assistant coach at Tigerland too, Danny Daly. So there might be an opportunity there for mm. Daly. To, so, look, and that would be a big core taking out of the Suns, but, you know, out of the Lions, but, you know, they, they did very well when David Noble left, obviously, and Daly came into that role, but... Mm. No, that's something that has to be considered. And it would be an interesting one for the Lions because they they rated David Noble so highly. They oh. rate Danny Daly highly as well. You have David Noble at the moment. He's off as the team principal of the Shell V-Power racing team in the VA Supercar, yep. so Dick Johnson Racing. Um, he's just down the road in Yatla, still living in Queensland, loves it here. Big so Dick Energy, absolutely. It could be, could be David Noble just sliding back into that Lions chair. I don't want to put too much out there, but... Not. You know, it would make sense. Well, it makes sense. Well, like, you and I, I love him in the role. Well, you and I dealt with David Noble mm. back in the day, back when we were young junior, junior burgers coming up and through. But, Always yeah. gave us time. Gave us time. Made us feel very welcome as well. Mm. A very, very good operator like that. And that's what this, you know, part of him being part of that administration back in the day was what has built this club to be, you know, the juggernaut that it currently is. But that's a that's an interesting watch and see. Although, and, and just from hearing, you know, some, you know, from people inside the house there that oftentimes he was the good cop, you know, if players, mm. you know, were having, having troubles with either in the club or with their home life, he really put an arm around he them. He was a personal relationships guy, wasn't yeah, he? He was, um, which, which was kind of, I think may have been the hard thing when he became a senior coach and maybe having to lay down the law. Yeah, it sort of yeah. took him out of his comfort zone. Well, there were those talks about those like, those sprays he'd give the ruse, and it, it was almost like it was it was out of character, and they, yeah. they they felt like they weren't done properly because they weren't not that they weren't real. They would have come from a place of frustration, but you know, it, it's always weird when like that that nice coach yeah, we've all had absolutely them, and they start yelling. Yeah. You go, oh, this, oh, that's I don't and, like and, the and on you, you don't believe it. Yeah, you don't believe it. Now when you get a coach who loves yelling. You go, oh yeah, that was a good, that was a good spring. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, Ooh, boy, I felt that. Boys, we deserve that. But no, no, how could you? How could? You? So that's an interesting watch and see. But it's really, like, I'm still the legacy now mm. of the Took Miller, Dane Zorko, no, the rolling feud, and I love that it came back to life. Second, oh, that it's outstanding. You, you've made the point that it now has to be the Miller Zorko Cup, and I, I go one better or one equal actually, because now we have to that we change the trophy, and it's one. It's called the Pineapple Grapple. It has to be a hand grabbing a pineapple. That's it has to, like the pineapple grapple. I I like it. We, we, we've got to give this thing catchy. something. It's catchy. It rhymes anyway. And that trophy, I really just think that imagery is perfect. You have Miller and Zorko written on it. But 
they talk about again. I'm going off something I've seen a footy classified earlier in the week, but they're going to say no. One that the players' code was broken, and I know, but there's a suggestion coming from down south mm. that the Gold Coast and the Lions are supposed to sort of like do favors for one another. They're supposed to sort of like have each other's back. No, which is a horrible, horrible misunderstanding. Or like, and the same sort of thing for Sydney that they're all in this together. Yeah, they do a bit of cute promotional stuff together, but at the same time, when you're trying to foster a rivalry, yeah, they're not there to be best friends and like no, do no. favors for administration. So I bring that back to the point of going: if Danny Daly hypothetically did defect to the Suns, if anything, that brews the rivalry a bit more. It might, yeah. yeah. And you know, when you talk about like, so both of those clubs, in the same way the Sydney clubs have. They have a responsibility to try and grow the game here in Queensland. Yeah, and they've got their at, sections. At grassroots level, yep. yep. The Gold Coast look after the Gold Coast. Brisbane look after, you know, pretty much everything. You yeah, know, Greater north, Brisbane for... North no. of Helensvale. Yeah, exactly. Or north of Coomera. Yeah. And that's great. But as in a purely AFL sense, these two clubs coming up against each other, it is good to have hatred. Of and there is. Zorko and Miller are single-handedly keeping that alive with their, their personal feud. They don't like each other and it's great. And it's and it's been made clear and you, it's so great to actually look at this and go, oh, this is a real one. Like, and mm. we haven't had it for a long time where it is very clear that two players do not like one another. And, and later on, because you think about it, think about, the ca- think, think about the sportsman's nights and the catchies later on. You yeah. think about the, the rolling coverage where you finally put the two of them together on a panel because, you know, so some producing genius will do that at some point. But Absolutely. This is, uh, Front bar. This is, Make absolutely, it this is good for our game. It is. It's wonderful for our game, and it's you know I can't wait for the first Q clash of season twenty twenty four. Yeah, exactly right. He's going to be a beauty. I love it. Zorko going to Miller. The you know there, there's going to be a build up to it. The crowd's going to get into it, and it's great to see. It is. Um, and you know Dane Zorko, like I've done a bit of work with Dane this year. Wonderful human being. Geez, he has copped it online. He and that's is a, and that's from the thing. Nuffies. Yeah, because they like you know, and, and it's. Terrible that he became a target for others. But mm. in the same way that unless you love Toby Green, you hate Toby Green. Absolutely. And yep. it, all it is is just no. Because no, and we still never know what was really said that night. But, you know, he was he was the bully that picked on ha- big, tall, strong Harrison. Pe- anyway. And it's kind of funny because, you know, like hearing from some people, some eyewitnesses, um, there were some pretty heinous things said that night by the Melbourne players. Of course there were. And that... The Brisbane players, Zorko took his medicine, he apologised. They took the high road and decided not to go into it. Yeah, when the reigning premiers are carrying on like that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, look. I think we can all agree that Melbourne are just a bunch of overprivileged uh, private school boys. And they will get found out. And they will get found out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I hope so. I hope so. But look, speaking of the Lions and uh, Dane Zorko's side, they did something that they desperately needed to do over in the West on the weekend and they got that W. Yeah, because as... Poor in patches as Fremantle have been this year. They've also yeah. been very good at other times. No, yeah, you were... can't take that win. That, that win against Geelong was mm. sensational down there. They just they play really good footy at Cadinia Park. But that was their entire season on the line. Yep. And they played. They were playing they with desperation. Like yeah. But you can see, and it's it's taken a few weeks. God, it's taken mm. nearly a couple of seasons. But you can finally see the Lions players going, "Hey, we've got to sort ourselves out in these last couple of minutes." Yep. Changes were like, you know, I, I text the group chat going, I think seven minutes out. I was worried we'd already try and save the game. Fremantle got a bit, on a bit of a roll. Uh, Michael Frederick kicked a ridiculous goal from the pocket. And they mm-hmm. had the surge of momentum. Then for Joe Danaher in that last minute 
to actually call upon his own experience and go, I have to put this team on my, on my back right now, lays two clutch tackles mm. that end up saving the game. Hipwood, with 40 seconds to go, goes, you know what, tempo footy. And that's a thing Slow that you, it down. you hardly ever see from Joe. No. Because his desperation. And we know he's a big, laconic cat, the way that he moves, the way that he acts, uh, like everything with Joe. But to, to see that different shade of him, to see him you know, throwing his body around and, and putting it on the line when the team did need him to stand up was fantastic. It's Yeah, you're right. Desperation is not a term I've ever associated mm-hmm. with him. But, you know, when they brought him to the club, they were hoping he could become like a big yeah. finals player. And, you know, he was and he was clutch in that elimination final against Richmond. But in a finals-like atmosphere, because, you know, Frio were throwing everything at that. Whole crowd, a hostile, hostile environment. Hostile crowd, yep. For him to do that, not once, but twice... That, that that should boost a lot of confidence. So uh, for people saying that uh, no, it's just a win they should have had. That was not just like they they've lost that game a couple of times now. That road trip to the West has not been easy for them, mm. and no, they've made all the right precautions. They made sure that they didn't catch the red eye back. I've seen what that's done to the players. Flew the next day, mm. and now they face Adelaide. So it was five players. Uh, so basically, the ones with kids flew, caught the red eye, and then the rest of the squad. Ah, uh, there back we go. Okay, on the Monday morning. So it was actually funny. Um, I was hearing. Because uh, there was a couple of NRL teams that were over there. Oh, of course. You yeah, know, Souths, uh, Dolphins, Sharks. Uh, and the Newcastle Knights. Um, and that the Brisbane Lions were <laughs> staying in the same hotel as the Newcastle Knights. And I'm looking for a connection they, here. They were... I can't uh, find one. Caelan Ponga, Brisbane oh. Lions Academy kid. There we go. Could have been a Brisbane Lion. Decided to go and play rugby league. Oh, Churchy boy. That turned out terribly for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for his wallet. No, well, first 15 at Churchy and then choose the rugby league. You don't see that often, do you? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so what happened? Uh, well, apparently the uh, the Newcastle Knights players were a lot later to bed than the Lions players. Checks out. Well, yeah, they, that checks out. They haven't, they haven't really got a season on the line either. No, they don't. Oh, actually, no, they're they're back the Knights. They've won their last six in a row. Oh, okay. They are storming Norman. Show us how much I've taken my finger off the pulse of rugby league. Yeah, yeah. post-origin. Oh, it's yeah, it's a bit of a snooze. Dead, so wake, me up, wake me up when the finals start. It's a long season. It's a very it, long season. It is a very long season. Um, All right, so the Knights are playing up a bit and... Mm. It was also funny, um, you know, like speaking to a few people at the lines, like the adjustment to playing over there in Perth, even though it's the, just the two-hour time difference. It's the longest road trip um, in footy. It is, and it's hard for it's hard for the players as well to get their bodies, you know, readjusted to it. Um, I was also hearing that the, the West Coast players and the Fremantle players when they come over here, they do everything on West Australian time, even when they're on the East Coast. So they'll yeah, wasn't that know, interesting? So they'll have their you know they'll fly in, they'll have their meals at you know nine o'clock Eastern time. I guess there's enough. There's just keep, that right amount of time that you can yep. get away with that. And they keep they keep everything on their Western time. Mm, well, hasn't it worked out really well for both <laughs> of them this year? Uh yes, yeah. West Coast, <laughs> no, no, that, 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 that's actually brilliant. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have been doing that for a long long time. Which I think it were you know it's kind of that thing because the. The Eastern clubs, because they don't travel to Western Australia all that oh, often, they just twice go, at most this year. Yeah, you know, they just uh, go, oh, we'll go get over there and deal with the time difference. But rather than try and keep everything on East Coast time, it's, you know, it's actually brilliant because yeah, we see how you see the toll that it takes mm. on Western Australian players. Their but, career longevity just isn't the same. Imagine having to like fly to the East Coast, and it's you know, especially when you go Perth to Brisbane, and he's the worst domestic flight in Australia. It's five oh, it's hours shocking. on a plane. Yeah. Um, geez, if you're anywhere over 185 centimetres, being stuck in one of those Virgin or Qantas seats in economy for five hours is a nightmare. Especially if, after you've just played a game of footy. Like you would be cramping up, 
He can't oh, stretch you're, out you're your legs. You're already dehydrated yeah. as hell. Because I remember I talked I, I talked to Zorks the morning after like that uh, the game last year, mm. and he came to do some interviews at um, the old radio station, and yeah, he was just he was smashed, Bugging. dehydrated, yeah. like worst sleep of his life, and yeah, they you know, it, it's shocking. So you're right. As much as we don't like them, we probably should give them a little bit more credit because you know it's it's not a yeah. two way street. Also, to be a guy like David Mundy, you know, playing three hundred and fifty oh, odd games, incredible. And, you know, for 160, 170 of those, having to jump on a plane and go to and go to the East Coast. I've seen Shannon Hearn just hang up the boots this week. like Yeah, know. Luke Shuey as well. Like, it's, um, yeah, maybe we don't give the West Australian players enough props. Um, yeah, well, we'll try and give them a bit more next year. But um, yeah. but right, right now, we'll just focus on the Queensland teams because... Oh, sorry, well, just, no, just one last oh, thing yeah, on the West Australian teams. Oh, yeah, you a little Australian, bit more West Australian West love. West Australian teams. Um, Are and, you looking for a second passport? Uh, Is that no, what's going on here? Actually... If anyone that knows me closely knows that I dislike West Australians with an absolute passion. It started at the- Eagles fans. It's now it's West it, Australians. Well, <laughs> it just it's mainly Eagles fans. But I do have a soft spot for the Fremantle Dockers. Um, not so much their team, their no. retro merchandise. All right, we'll, and, we'll have a look at retro merch at the moment because it is uh, <laughs> the new kit that just drops. Oh, absolutely incredible. Like Fremantle, I, I don't think they realised at the time how good the Freo kits were. And that's when you see the anchor brought back. It's pure 90s, isn't it? With the red and the green and the purple and colours going all over the place. It's just so good. It was... It was... It's it ugly but individual. Uh, ugly but individual. Like it, you don't get both. It's that beautiful, that purple of like the you know, the Phoenix Suns. It's just the colours that shouldn't. It just works. They and, not, and they were terrible as a team through then, which and, only I think makes it better. And also the hardest logo in the business. Some tough, jacked up <laughs> wolfy cunt <laughs> with the beanie on. He's done it like a couple of cycles of steroids. Oh, He's got the has. big anchor. He. That that was hard. He was on mid nineties meth, absolutely. <laughs> the only way he was getting through that dock shift out. For, he's yeah. just doing some Mexican supplements isn't all he, night, isn't he? And because he, you know, he's got control of the wharfs. He knows what's going. Yeah, down no, he's painters and dockers union all the way. <laughs> and I loved it. Custom, customs listening to him. Yep, and that, that is a tough logo. Yeah, and then they just did away with it because mm. they got too cool. Yeah, they they went too corporate. They went. Yeah. They had a corporate rebrand. So bring back. The tough as fuck wolf bloke. <laughs> bring back the purple and the red and the green. Bring back the anchor. One of our old teammates. Um, anyway, Louis, that's no, no, I'm mate. Done, I, I loved it. I loved it because it, it, it takes me to my next point that how the North Queensland Cowboys completely stuffed up their option. And one of our old teammates, Louis, goes to me the other night like oh, they should have been called the Stockmen. Kind of like the northern, like, like the northern Dockers. Can you imagine just just a, just a bloke in a big hat holding a whip? Now imagine oh. the, imagine that as an overbearing sort of logo. Cowboys. Eh. Also, well, well, RM Williams sponsorship every day of the week. Oh no, not after what they've done the Wallabies. Oh my god! And, that, and the more I think about it, that nine hundred ninety nine dollar <laughs> ball had to be a piss take. <laughs> like if, now I think about it, that may have been a brilliant piece of marketing mm. for them and a great moment of self awareness. <laughs> if not, <laughs> see, it's beyond satire. See, part of me just thinks that Malcolm Turnbull has like a box of them that every time he get has a few too many red wines, he just yeets one <laughs> off his balcony into Sydney Harbour. You guys are making a Johnny Wilkinson style <laughs> kick. Like burning cash is just like 
it, it doesn't have any effect for him anymore. So now he just needs to pollute the environment with $999 RMs footies. Or I should drive up the value price yeah. <laughs> of Point Piper. Um, yeah, so look, <laughs> I love our tangents, Jack. Uh, to the Brisbane Lions, so they got the job done over, <laughs> in, over in the West. And Jeez, in, we covered some yeah, ground, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I, I was really worried during the game because... Uh, now, the whole time, and even the commentators, I don't think you could see the live ladder at the time. Going, and so they've got second spot wrapped up going, uh, actually, they've fallen to third here. So Melbourne currently sitting second. It's just, I think, 1% difference at the moment. Now, the, the Lions play Adelaide this week. Now, that I, I think this is the first time in the run since they've been good, essentially since we've started following them, since they've been good. Uh, they still have not lost a, a game at the Gabba this year. Now, yeah. I don't know if you're looking for some kind of omen here, but they are still undefeated at the Gabba, only hammering home the point that they need to finish second. They do. They yeah. ha- like It is almost, it's a non-negotiable. If this team finishes second, the grand final is there. It's there oh, for the take. Oh, absolutely. Collingwood, uh, I, I expect Collingwood to get better, but as we point out through the year, there are flaws and maybe they're now starting to show. Port Adelaide are in a bit of a rut. Melbourne are coming good. But if Brisbane can just hold on to this home record, because you know well, we talk about it, it's such a good positive thing, I can't imagine what it would do to a travelling team. But any one of those like other top four teams, Collingwood, Melbourne, Port Adelaide, I back the Lions in to beat them at the Gabba. Yes, every time, every single time. Yep, it's a hostile atmosphere. Um, the Lions play the ground so well; it just suits their game style. It just suits them, um, and it's probably the best home ground advantage in the AFL at the moment. But then. You look at them on the road, they're such a vulnerable team on the road. And it's almost gotten worse since sort of 2019, obviously 2020, they didn't have to travel. It it feels like this self-fulfilling prophecy though. Like like the MCG hoodoo, like you just go, surely it's it's not possible for a professional sports team to be like this. But there is such a vast, the standard deviations, it's incredible. Mm. They They are two different teams. So I say, first, let's just get things back to normal. For the rest of the year, just start... Just keep playing the one strip. Yep. Just play in the Maroon home strip from now on. Sorry, Fitzroy fans. You didn't matter back in the in the mid-90s. You don't matter now. There's a reason why yeah. you had to merge with Bris- with the Brisbane Bears. Yep. It was because you were a substandard operation. I know we love the Bears kit, but um, just after that performance of Carrara, let's just, let's just get rid of that. Yeah, that, just, that was actually a Bad News Bears performance. That, that was Bad News Bears. Oh Wearing my, the Bad oh News God. Bears kit. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, so let's uh, first things first, Mark, let's just stay in the Maroon strip for now. All right. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but okay. I am going no, to. No, this is a safe space to do Crows that. Crows this weekend, four, 435 game. Crows playing for their season. Crows playing for their season. Lions playing for top two. There's a lot on the line. Then they travel down south to Marvel Stadium to come up against a Collingwood team probably at the right time. Yeah. Um, Collingwood lost their last two. Real big upset against the Hawks on the weekend. But the Hawks the Hawks can do this. Yeah, the Hawks have it in. Well, we saw the Hawks do it to the Lions yep. earlier in the year. So I think that they've been like the overperforming standout, like the, hopeful team of the year. Yeah, they're very uh, kind of in a similar way to some of the performances that the Crows pulled out last year, mm. where you know there's futures in you. Yeah, there's futures. Like the way you're building. A, they're, yeah, they're they're young team. They're going to be inconsistent. It's going to happen, but there's enough there to show that they're on the right path. And then last round, they've got St Kilda at the Gabba. So. Ooh. All of those very winnable, two of them at the Gabba. Um, and I'm going to say that they need to win at least two, if not all three, to finish second. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a non-negotiable. Well, you can't, I just don't think you can leave that to chance. No. 
So, but you know, they'll back, as I said, Collingwood are vulnerable. Lions play Marvel really quite well. Yep. Collingwood still have that sort of safety up their sleeve that I think, you know, I don't know, maybe like they got the Cats this week, which will be a tough, a really tough assignment at the MCG. But because there's still a couple of games clear, they can kind of just take their foot off the pedal a little bit, maybe mentally. Yeah. And I was at that Hawthorne Collingwood game on the weekend and it just looked in the way that they were playing in sort of the way the players were moving as well, is that uh, one game wise, they, the way they were moving the football was about 25% of what they're capable of. Yeah. And the other way, like the players looked sore and they looked a bit tired, which probably goes to, uh, you know, I reckon they've had some pretty big training blocks over the last couple of weeks to get them primed for finals, which is, Kind of what Malcolm Blythe's Adelaide teams used to do. They'd have a, a massive big training block. They'd lose, you know, sort of come into the finals in not the best form and then they taper right off, mm. get fit and and come out firing in the in the finals. So, yeah, I I don't expect Collingwood – I expect Collingwood to hit the finals absolutely running. Yeah. Um, that, that pre-finals buy as well will be great for them. Um, yeah. The pre-finals buy concerns me for the Lions. It does, and that, yeah. that's the next thing I was going to bring up. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident about this, and there's, there's nothing you can do about it. No. But uh, I think the Lions could be accused in the past couple of years, despite the pressure, of resting on their laurels. So early yep. in the piece, I think they were just so happy mm. to be there, yeah, and you know just try to carry any momentum they did, mm. and then you know. Well, any, look, any time they've been pulled away from the gather, never a good thing. But you'd think after all these campaigns, the, the lessons of exactly what works, every, every you know, thing, the buy, the opposition, where you're playing, everything has to have been factored in now. They would have to have run every possible scenario oh, to know exactly what needs to be done. Like, you know, this many campaigns in a row up, up mm. near the top, you know, because you start, really you start to... Like if I asked you, I've got, two, I've got two names in mind. In the past 20 years, two teams that have really underperformed in the finals given what they were capable of. I can, throw away, I can throw the word choke in there as well. Early 2000s Port Adelaide. Correct. Yep. Um, and then you probably say the Brisbane Lions, yeah. Um, the, it's kind of hard because the, the, be the, like the dogs of the late 2000s were just, they were just the third best the team third, in the correct. comp they were the third for about team. four yeah. years running. Yep. And they could was just... It three preliminary uh, finals yeah, in a row? three prelims in a row. 2009, they were there or thereabouts for most of the season. They just couldn't get over the hump. No. Um, yeah, not, not a missed opportunity. Otherwise, maybe Geelong through the, the mid-last decade. Yep. Always there, there. But, but just couldn't quite get it done. Yeah, always the bridesmaid, never yeah. the bride. Um, and it's that kind of thing with the Lions where... Across since 2019, so 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and even this year, there are periods of those seasons where they have been the best team in the comp. They've played the best football. They've been in the best form. They've looked like absolute world beaters across all of those seasons. And it's just they can't they can't be a dominant team. They can't string that out for any more than a sort of five- or six-week block. Something always comes up or the form always dips. It's just... You know, like when we have a look at Geelong last year where they they won, what, 16 games in a row to win the flag? Correct, yeah. They just, they didn't let up. Every no. performance was, you know, almost as good as the last, um, which culminated in, you know, a, just a spanking on grand final. Well, that, that's the thing, you know, but that came off the back of that preliminary final performance. 
Yeah, Brisbane didn't stand a chance in that game. Yep. So naturally they were going to do that to the Swans who'd gone down to the wire the next week. Yep. They just got better and better and better. So you're right. There's no real excuses at this time of year. There's a lot of loss we need to have or just mm. just getting it right. We'll, we'll have our run right for finals. Like, no, no, you've, you've got to have it now. Mm. And, um, you know, having that tough victory over Freo. Uh, you know, who... Galvanising road win. They, they haven't had a great season and they're a very young team, still Freo, but... They play hard, tough footy. They're tough to beat over there. It's a huge win for the Lions. And just that belief that they can get it done on the road. Now, I want to go into a couple of individual performances, and the first one of them was Jared Berry. He seemed like he was everywhere. He was best on ground for the Lions. And that, you know, he has these games in him. You know, we saw him do it in a semi-final last year against the Ds, uh, where he just towed up Clayton Oliver and won a stack of the footy going the other way. He was fantastic on, on the weekend. Yeah, a couple of big plays, but you're right. He was just like, everywhere I looked. And it, I, I actually couldn't believe how many times I've seen Jared Berry. And it looked like he was spending a bit more time like in right in the middle rather than on his wing. Yeah, so yeah. maybe towards finals they start mm. looking at him as that possible you know, you know, chop in and out with Rayner that, for that Ashcroft replacement. Yeah, and yeah, I thought he played it really well. You know, 28 touches... Uh, he was, yeah, he was everywhere and strong body, he tackles, he's, we know how good he is aerobically. Um, yeah, he's a freak and it's those, yeah, it's those kind of games where you go, God, this bloke is a genuine, even almost Paddy Cripps-like in, you know, he, his size and mm, his strength. He's bigger, and, isn't he? And his aerobic capacity. Um, yeah, he's bigger. Where you go, why, why can't they get this kind of performance out of him? More regularly. Because then he'll go the next week and have 10 touches and, you know, just look completely disinterested. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough one with Jared Berry. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can see him, you know, string out a little bit more of that form, especially coming into finals. He played some big finals last year. Even in that pre- prelim, he was probably close to being best on. Um, Zach Bailey didn't hit the scorecard. Uh, well, he hit one behind, but I thought he looked dangerous at times. He creates problems for defenders panic he, he does he's, he's that type of player that you always just have to know where he is mm. at all times because you know like a Cyril Rioli doesn't have to have a lot of touches to really impact the game he's so quick across the ground that you really like no he, he must be so tough to defend yeah and that's the thing yeah it, panic is the correct word because the moment he's near the footy he could be gone mm. and as we know finishes well in September he does um, and then the other one, Dane Zorko, only the 20 touches, but used it so well. Um, he's a real barometer for that team. He just provides the, the veteran calm. They are a better side when he is in it. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, like I'll eat my words at the start of the year, I thought he would struggle to maintain a regular place with the big additions that they've had with Dunkley and Ashcroft, et cetera. But he's probably been one of their most valuable players this year. And, and as we've spoken about throughout the year, you know, having the captaincy, in other hands now, take some pressure away from mm. his, and I think you know maybe because he probably pushed himself too hard yep. in the last few years to keep himself on the park because mm-hmm. he wanted to be there as that leader. I'm I'm just putting words in his mouth here, but now with that freedom, because he he can play anywhere in the ground, and the intangibles that he does, he's that play like you know at 34 years of age, he's still that player first to get over to a teammate. Yep. He's the one that pumps his fist and celebrates. He, the barometer, I know that's Reese Matheson's mm. label, but Jesus, like you need that. And with that pressure off him, he can perform in finals 
Lockie and Harris can do the captaincy duties and he can just focus on his own game. Yeah. And that's uh, and and the Lions are better for it. And yeah, looking at that Lions squad, there are a lot of let's say like placid operators. You know, like you got some like laconic types, yeah. Yeah, la- laconic types, you know, sort of quiet. Zorko's just a, you know, 1000 miles a minute in your face. He's passionate, he's loud, he niggles. He's well, they don't have obviously Mitch Robinson's not out there anymore. Exactly. So you need that bloke. You every team needs that bloke. Yeah, he, he's just a spark plug. Um, and you know he's not afraid to go after the opposition. Um, he just makes things happen. So yeah, hopefully he can, you know, and just can, be fit throughout the final series. And he can he can be a pest, and he can draw because he's dealt with it his whole life. Mm. He can draw that attention away from you yeah. know teams are going. No, you have to be tagging Lockie Neal at this point. Yep. Uh, th- th- there's there's no other way about it. So he can just draw their focus. Yep. He can he, like if he needs to, he can sacrifice himself during a game to get that focus away from Neal and Dunkley. Mm. And we've seen that you know teams tagging Lockie Neal, it's starting to have an effect. It is on the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. We saw the Suns do it with Tuke Miller. Um, the Dockers tried to on the weekend um, with a few different types. So wrong rem with him at some points. Uh yeah, if you were f- and there's been some data come out as well from Champion Data. If you tag Lockie Neal effectively, you go a long way to you know, winning games of football. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm going to have to go and try and find the stat, but it's I, I think games, it's something like it was the games in which Lockie Neal has under 20 touches. Yep. Um, and the Lions' record in it is not great. It's like three and seven. It's not, no, it's not great. Yeah, you know, across the last couple of years. So, um, but look, yeah, he was able to get away with yeah, nine touches and four clearances in the final term mm. last week to when the game was on the line, which is again massive. So, look, they're, they're sitting, they're sitting well. They're galvanised. You got yep. three games to go. Must win. Must get this. Must get this home home qualifying final. Yeah. Now, uh, the next point I want to bring up: four thirty-five game on the weekend on yeah. Saturday afternoon across town is possibly the biggest Australian sporting match involving any Australian team. Well, yeah, I'm going to say, say since 2003 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, probably since 2003 Rugby World Cup yep. on our soil. Yes. Maybe, you know, the Australia-Uruguay, you know, World Cup. But that was, yeah, that was big for a different reason. That's relative at the time. Yeah. yeah. That's all relative. But correct. This, this is, is enormous. This Matilda's fever has taken over the country. We're seeing Matilda's television audiences being better than last year's AFL Grand Final. It's incredible. It is huge, and all eyeballs are going to be on it. It's really funny. I still like. I still find the odd pockets of people who mm. still think it's a bit of a joke. Refuse to watch. I it. refuse yeah. to. No. Like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, mm. how are you not in on this? How are you like you and you and I were there for uh, the round of sixteen game against Argentina, mm. and my wife who came with us. Said it was one of the greatest experiences she's ever been yeah. a part of, and that was just watching it on a big screen in yeah. King George Square. Now that is that was a predominantly male crowd. Mm. This is going to be completely mixed, yeah, this, and it's and kids this is, as well, and it's kids as well. This is everyone buying in because you know kid kids don't they don't care. Mm. They see a team and they go, "They're winning. This is we're winning. I like this, them. I like them. I yeah. don't care." They are excited by the good feelings. That's the good thing about being a child. They don't understand the existential dread of being an adult. But, it, but this is a great thing to grab onto. So this is huge. But even like the the Nigeria match I went to, and there are 14, 15-year-old boys who, you know, and obviously they're soccer kids, they're passionate about it, 
But they're wearing Claire Polkinghorn jerseys. Oh, shit, yeah. And Sam Kerr jerseys and Courtney Vine jerseys. And you're like, okay, that, obviously these kids care enough about these players to go out and buy their jersey. Yeah. And that's that's wonderful. Oh, it's Honestly, it's cooler now. They have heroes. They have heroes. And, and are, it doesn't are... matter if the heroes are male or female. They're, they're representing the country. They're doing a bang-up job of doing it. And it, it, it is wonderful. It is wonderful. Which leads me to the next point. The AFL, come to the party, reschedule the Lions game, either put it at 7.30 or put it at, you know, a 1.10 start. Get it away from the Matildas. Give the country clean air to watch it. So you've got the two because, the two other Saturday games at the moment, yep. the ones being played in Sydney at the MCG. Yep. They will be showing the game on the big screens beforehand. Well, sorry, yep. the MCG will be. Sydney's going to show it membership, but they'll ch- they'll change that. They'll fix yeah, so it. So Sydney, Sydney play early um, and they will be showing the game after their game against the Gold Coast Suns finishes. And then Carlton versus... And I think the North Melbourne versus the Bombers will be doing the same. You'd, you'd think so. Because but, this is the thing. And, and the AFL the AFL have an opportunity here to, to be, be the good the guys. Good guys. Yeah. Not to be the Empire because they've done this sort of shitty stuff in the past. Re- I think it was releasing the yeah. fixture uh, exactly when the Socceroos are playing Argentina. Yep. I know they talk about Sleeping Giant. They're always watching their backs here. But right now... like. You're Gillen and Dylan right yep. now because I you know Gillen's still pulling the strings. You're just going, hey, you know what? We support this. How good? How good are we? How, how good is wa- this for the how country? How good is this for the country? How good is this for women's sport? We also have our own women's sport product. How good? By the way, look what we're doing in yep. this space. But yeah, you know, like give them some fresh air. Give them some clean air because I guarantee, like, I reckon the ratings for that Lions Crows game. It's only a Fox game. Yep will be through the absolute floor. Of course it will. Um, and You offer yeah. me corporate tickets, so I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like I have corporate <laughs> tickets. I can't give the things away. No, no. Um, and the fan side uh, for the Matildas is going to be packed down in South Bank. I'm, the stadium, Jack, Jack, I'm getting down there at like at, at 2 o'clock. It's yep. go, it is going to be 27 degrees in Brisbane. It is going to be the most wonderful day. It is gonna, you know what? Like, You know what the day leading up to it reminds me of? No. The big ride game with Lincoln McCarthy. Oh, my yes. Where yes, yes, like yes, yes, yes. The Lions, and, oh. and to a smaller scale, but the Lions are having this chance to go top of the table. Same time of year, yeah. Same time of year. It's one of my favourite time of years in Brisbane. Yep, a beautiful day. It's going to be 27, not a cloud in the sky. The humidity hasn't got here yet. It is just perfect. And there is just so much excitement in the city. And you know, like, uh, you know, at the moment at SEN, we've got uh, Ian Healy's away. We've got Corey Parker, big league buff. Um you know, formerly... And traditionally, uh, traditionally, Coles hates AFL. Yeah, no. He, <laughs> he's, he's never been a fan of it. Yep, exactly. Um, what I didn't think he'd be a fan of is women's soccer. All around it. Yep. And and just so many people that I didn't expect to to get around the Matildas are getting around it. And it's it's almost transcending sport. It, it, it's becoming it, it, a cultural event for our country. And it, it is. But it's also, I think, right now, and there's probably other reasons for it, but right now it's... Showing us all the good things about sport. Yep. Before, like, you know, we, we talk about, like, I've always said that I never wanted to be, you know, you know, I've worked in sports media for a while. I never wanted to take my foot out of the fan camp. Yep. I never wanted, because I've, I've seen people work in sport where they're just, they've gone too far mm. and they can't, they can't enjoy the game anymore. They can't enjoy sport anymore yeah. because they're, they're in too deep. They know too much. Mm. Keep that foot in the fan camp. Like, the childhood love you have for sport never goes away. And right now, I think so many people have just had a chance 
to put their foot in the fan camp. They can't influence the result with their opinion. There's not so much riding on it that we're going to be judged as a nation by it. We're just doing everything positively. We've put on a great World Cup. We've done the right thing, sharing with New Zealand. You know, ticket, no, already sold more tickets. More people have gone than the entire France World Cup and we're only up to the quarters. Everyone is feeling positive from this. Cities are a better place. As I, as I said to you the other night when we went to, you and I went to Germany, South Korea, it is a more positive vibe in places like Caxton Street. Yeah, it's, incredible. It, it's not as angry. The, the city is a happier place. Like, um, so I went this, to this Bra- a, yeah, Brazil versus France and the Brazilian fans, like 20,000 of them that have travelled over here, completely took over Caxton Street and... I'll admit, up to that point, I've been pretty ambivalent about Brazilians. Like, oh, you know. We know there's a lot of them here. There's a lot yeah. of international students that have come across. Yep. Yeah, and I know stayed. there's a lot of them here, but their 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 pure passion for football, um, and just their their sheer exuberance, their joy for life and football and their happiness to be there at that time. Fuck me. It was so infectious. I, I, I loved it. You know what? I, I think we're, it's, it's nice because you know, we are this, and this is a bigger theory, but we're this isolated island on the other side mm. of the world from everything else. And soccer has finally reached our shores. And we're, some people may even leave it calling it football, but that, that's not important. Right now, we're actually getting a bit of a world cultural perspective. The xenophobic yep. nation of Australia has seen <laughs> some foreigners having a good time here going, oh, you know what? You're not all bad, are can, you? Can I join? Can, can, can I dance with you? Can, can we... <laughs> You know what? I'll do a Mexican wave. And look, well, we will get to the point because uh, you know, the English fans will they'll come out of the woodwork. They've had a bad, you know, shocking Ashes series, so they need something to hold on to. They play, who have they got after the Matildas? Uh, they have uh, Colombia. Oh, it's going to be huge. So the South, and that's straight afterwards. So <laughs> South Bank is going to be a wash oh. of Australians and bandwagoners and the French and all the English who are out for revenge and then the Colombians who have just been going nuts. They've been overachieving but mm. doing it sensationally and they, you know, <laughs> they can go they can go round for round with the Brazilians any day and they're, oh. and they're powered by a few extra things as well. So mm. that site, few supplements. The, the South Bank site is going to be nuts. It's going to be electric. And I, I get down to it because it, this will be, this will be one of the great, as we come towards the Olympics, this will be one of the great things that will sell Brisbane going forward. Mm. And when we go, you know what? How good was this? Yep. We can pack this much energy in. Mm. How good was this? I don't, like, of course I want to see us go all the way. But if we lose, I still don't mind. So be it. So be it. That's okay. Because we will have learnt to appreciate how wonderful, like, global sport and global culture is. Mm -hmm. We've learned our lesson. Oh, but Jesus Christ, if we win, the lid is off. (laughs) Absolutely. The lid is off. Absolutely off. And if we win, we reach that semi-final, this becomes an Australian sporting team's possibly greatest ever achievement. because On a world stage. On, yeah. a, a world stage. Because all the sports we've won in the past are, you know... I, I was oh. trying to, I was, it's funny, I was trying to think about it like in comparison to Australia 2 the other day. And I thought, you know what? That's sailing. No one gives a shit about sailing. I no. don't know why we hold sailing and our victory in sailing is, oh, we can never yeah. beat America. Great. Not many <laughs> other countries participate in this stupid bloody yeah. boat race. Yeah. But yet, it's still this greatest thing that we ever did. Mm. So, fortunately, that chip has left our shoulder a little bit. Cricket, there's 10, what, 10 test playing nations. Rugby, there's 20. Yeah. This is um, Swimming, you know, like 
half the half the globe. Half the countries in, don't have pools. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and you, oh yeah, they're amazing athletes and that. Yes, they may be amazing athletes, but there's also, you know, there, there's also a couple billion amazing athletes in Africa that will never have the chance to go and well, swim. Well, we're never going to know. Exactly. But this is something that fifty percent of the pop, more than that, fifty percent of the population. Everyone plays it. Everyone plays. It's the world's game. And we're and we're right up there. And these girls are doing us proud. And the Matilda squad, they're all likable. Um, and, and one of the things that I've loved... Jeez, oh, we've just completely taken over uh, Northern Exposure into the, yeah, the, the Matilda yeah, squad. Yeah, this is what's happening in the North right now, and that's fine. The, it's all the encompassing. I, it all comes <laughs> back around in the great circle of life, Jack. We are the North. The thing I love about the, the women's game is the, the post-match interviews how candid they are, how passionate they are, that, you know, the, they're, not, ladies, they're not robotic, are they? These, Yeah, they're not robotic. They're, these ladies that have, you know, they're the first sort of generation of full-time professional female footballers and that they don't have that, that years and years of media training and yep. almost the brainwashing, still, the, the, the programming to be say this, say this, thank this sponsor. They are grateful and not pissed off at the system. Yeah. They're not still angry of what they've had to suffer through. And granted, they still have grown up playing in playing in men's shorts and shared changing rooms and stuff. But they're they're happy to be at the top, but they're not angry either. Yep. And it's um and yes, and some of the the press conferences are just wonderful. The post match interviews are yeah, it it just makes you happy. Everything associated with this tournament has been been wonderful. It's and funny. It's, it's I I didn't think at the start of the year looking at the sporting calendar. This is what I would be the most invested in. Yep. Gone through the ashes. Yeah, great. All about it. But this I really care about. Yep. I'm excited. Um, look, we probably don't need to cover the Gold Coast Suns, do we? Um, uh, look, no, we don't. Apart from saying that Mark Evans might have one of the best jobs. He gets paid a very large salary to be the doing CEO nicely. of the Gold Coast Hot Sun. Boy Summer. And, um, and now he's just gone for a Hot Boy Summer over in Italy to go and Drink wine, eat spaghetti, no, and woo he, Damien Hardwick. No, Obviously, a, they're talking business. He's having Aperol spritzes <laughs> <laughs> down down in Positano. He's having a great time. I just imagine Mark Evans and Damien Hardwick in the gondola in Venice. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I love, yeah. They see they going. No, no, shh. Listen, shh. listen. <laughs> oh, this is a nice dimmer, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably better than the Gold Coast. Nah, not that hey, much better. Do you know where else has canals? The Gold, the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. All right, I'll leave it right there. Noah Anderson, Matt Rowell made the 22 under 22 sides. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Gold Coast Suns, uh, no, done for the year. That's that's a downer. That's they've, a bummer. They've but let us down for the last that's, time look, this year. Yeah, they're playing the Suns. That's that's who, that's who the Swans are playing. They're playing the Suns. They'll probably win that because they got the wood over them at the SCG, weirdly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they will, and they'll probably get us believing again and... God, God damn eleven wins. Just, God damn just, the just eleven wins. It's all I want. They all are. Them. It's almost like they're toying with us. Yeah, <laughs> they're, taking, they're taking the piss at this point. Yeah, but look, we're in closer to locking in Dimmer, and that's the important thing. But right now, I just care about the Matildas. Yep, up the Tillies, up the Tillies, up and the hopefully, t- um, by the time we record this again, you know what? If the Tillies win, we might record a semi-final Northern Exposure special. Oh, you have to absolutely. All right, Jacko. So next week, go Tillies, go Tillies. <laughs>